2: Ladies and gents, welcome back once again, All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden. If you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe and comment, sko, in the chat. Or if you're listening to us, make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Most importantly, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about what what we're doing here and what we have going on. On this episode, jam-packed episode once again, Unfortunately, we have to tap back into what happened this past Sunday. Detroit Lions recap. Of course, with that being said, let's look to the future. Let's get ready for the Colts preview. And also, we love to tap into the more updated, firing-like news in regards with the NFL, college football, and maybe entertainment as well. Stay tuned. We're back. Now it's time to hit our school check in. And listen, I didn't get a chance to give you guys a recap about my experience in Minnesota, in the bank. But two weeks ago, I had an opportunity to watch a game live in Minnesota, the Vikings versus the Jets. And the skull chant (laughs) was amazing. I mean, everybody was on the same page. If you know you better, you thought it was like planned in regards to all the fans in the stadium and just being on beat. That was amazing. That's off my bucket list. I can, I can. Reach what I tell sleep. you about the atmosphere, though. Oh no question. Listen, I, I, listen. I understand. You know, you just lost the Detroit Lions, but you take care of your business. One thing we will know for sure: you will have at least one game, playoff game,
3: there yeah. in that atmosphere, Pat P. Yeah, and that's, that's big. big. That's huge. That is big. That is advantage big. Advantage in the playoff is humongous.
2: No question. So, shots out to everyone that was there. Watching me and my guy do our podcast live at the end, in the end of the at the end of the game, fans were still there in their luxury suites. You know, floor side. It wasn't court <laughs> side, but it was floor side checking us out. So that experience was amazing. Now let's tap into the most recent experience. Unfortunately, the Vikings took an L, thirty-four to twenty-three. There, there was something extremely fishy about this game, Pat P. And when when we did our show after the Jets game. The line wasn't officially out, but, you know, I'm a betting man. Mm -hmm. You guys were underdogs. Yep. Ten and two, traveling to Detroit, I think you were getting two points, two and a half, or maybe three points, depending on where you were shopping. That line was fishy for me. I stayed away from it because one thing about the odd makers out in Vegas, they're great at what they do, and they're more right than wrong. So that line was fishy. The Detroit Lions clearly playing some inspired football. But before the game even kicked off, Pat P, there was some not-so-good news coming from Minnesota. Sunday morning, we all learned that Harrison, the hitman Smith, would be out. Tell us, man, how big of a blow was it for you guys, knowing that you won't have one of your best players on your team, not in the lineup defensively?
3: Well, you know, it's always a big blow when you're missing, you know, one of your leaders, one of your captains, one of your, you know, big play making ability guys, you know, off the field on Sunday. That's always a big blow. But, you know, we have all the confidence in the world. And Josh, you know, I, I thought he came in and did a great, a great job, got his first interception last, uh, the first meeting against the, the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, so just something that, you know, that we knew going into the game that we was going to have to deal with. I thought the safeties did a great job of communicating, you know, throughout that game. Um mm-hmm. obviously we wish it, it's a couple of plays that we wish we had back early especially in that first half. But for the most part, um, you know, his presence was definitely missed on the field um, because, you know, he's seen so much football. Maybe he's able to put guys in better positions, better checks, or whatever the case may be. But um, missing him, uh, not having him on the field uh, Sunday was a a big blow. But I did think Josh stepped in and did a great job.
2: So let me ask you this question. Did you guys prepare for – Harrison to not be in the lineup or was he getting reps with the ones leading up to the Lions game.
3: You know, he was limited. You know, we didn't uh-huh. know, you know, what the you know, what the final answer was going to be un- until game day, you know, and you know, obviously we need him for the long haul. I don't want to put him in harm's way mm-hmm. by any stretch of imagination. You know, so, you know, the coaching staff, medical staff and himself thought it was best for him to sit this game out, you know, give the duties to Josh, you know, was very comfortable with handing those duties over to him, you know, because like I said, he's a, a very, very smart, um, intelligent football player that's always ready when his number is called, you know, so, but unfortunately, we didn't make enough plays Sunday to come out on top. You know, how has a pretty consistent rotation
2: in the secondary impacted the team? <clears throat> because it seems like every week, there's a different rotation. There's a different, you know, set of guys in the game in the game in the secondary, specifically speaking. And and I know playing firsthand, it's hard to gain chemistry when it's never the same starters. But how has that impacted you guys in the back end? Because you've been dealing with so many injuries to key well, guys.
3: Well, you you know, it's always tough. You know, like you said, trying to build a chemistry when you you know plugging guys in each and every week. But at the same time, that's the nature of the business. You have to be ready when your number is called and you know we haven't really been able to get in a, into a, a groove, especially late in the season um thus far as starting around like week seven week eight when we first lost cam um you know in that stretch um losing harrison for a game mm-hmm. you know so not having the guys you know that started the season out there uh can definitely throw a monkey wrench you know into things you know but you know, we have to we have to keep rolling. You know, we're not the only team that's you know suffering injuries. Um, you know, other teams across the league is you know suffering injuries. It's all about how you overcome those injuries and and, and how those guys respond, you know, when the opportunity is called. Individually
2: speaking, Pat P, you've been the one constant guy in the secondary. You've played the second most snaps of any cornerback in the league, only trailing a rookie, Roger McCary, who we've had on the show. <laughs> Uh, some some time back, ten years younger than you, by the way. But tell us, how is your body holding up at this point in the season to be so reliable when it comes to snaps, reps,
3: and uh, the etc. Man, honestly, Matt, that's just been my mo throughout my career. You know, I, you know, my first, you know, ten years. You know, well, obviously, I think now in twelve years, I think I only miss 10 games Mm -hmm. you know maybe out of a you know 100 and something 90 games eligible to play or whatever however many games i was eligible eligible to play just you know i feel great to answer the first part of your question the body feels great but you know it just goes into you know the off season you know how i take care of my body and you know a lot of it is mental too Mm -hmm. you know how you approach it mentally you know what i mean so i think a combination of all of that you know, and just being, you know, smart about, you know, how I'm spending my free time, you know, making sure that I'm not on my feet for, you know, no reason, you know, doing, you know, active recovery, you know, things like that, getting in my chamber, you know, doing, you know, all of my hyper ice, you know, using all of my hyper ice gadgets, you know, so just doing all the things that, you know, doing the boring stuff, you know, I always tell myself, don't get bored with the board. You know, mm, so I like that. I that's like something that. that's something yeah. that's kept me consistently in the lineup. That's something that's kept me healthy, um, kept me upright and feeling great. So and you know, drinking why, and the sprites. Oh yeah, and the sprites and, and my sprites. So you know, why <laughs> you know get off path? You know, so it's something that's been good to me, and I'm gonna continue to do it as long as I um you know, as long as the body holds up. Drinking
2: strawberry. Sprites. <laughs> Who would have thought Tropical. that's the key? Tropical sprite, man. Tropical. I'm sorry. Tropical. Who would have thought? And oh, by the way, I didn't get a chance to holler at you about this. You know our high school basketball teams faced off about two weeks ago. Well, what happened? Man, you know what y'all used to call it? The ET Express. They ain't even express no more.
3: Yeah, man. They got rid of my coach Randall, man. The greatest, greatest brow kind of coach, basketball coach five A, six A, whatever eight A is right now, ever. This man ever? On multiple back-to-back championships. I believe I had to shoot. I sponsored about five championships teams. So hell, <laughs> we like the Lakers. Damn it.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you were in the Lakers of old when you guys faced off against the Mustangs because we took care of business. And and I'm not surprised because we beat you on the football field and we beat you on the court. So you y'all in the playoffs?
3: Be- huh? What y'all doing in the playoffs? Y'all y'all oh, we winning. didn't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, y- y'all were undefeated this year. Football. Ely was. Yeah, I heard we lost to St. Thomas. Yeah, y'all had a nice little stick this year. Yeah, man. I, I, I heard we a good thing. I heard we got we got rid of the principal. Thank God. He wasn't heard, a We got a, a new principal. Matter of fact, they said the guy who's the principal. Now nah, I cannot remember his name. My boy Ryan Lewis keep me on the update for all mm-hmm. my, my Blanche Ely news. Shout out to Ryan Lewis, defensive coordinator at uh, Alabama State right now. Yeah, No, uh, no yeah, question. What's happening, yeah, Ryan? Yeah, yeah Lou Dog going to be a, a head coach here pretty soon. Uh, but shout out to Lou um but yeah man um yeah i forget his name i forgot what ryan told me his name but he, he's a great ahead of me so he's a he's an 07 class but now he's the principal there i gotta get his name at blanchili but we're bringing some of the old roots back man that's good and i'm happy to see the turn uh with principals yeah but you owe me some Voss water man i don't know you know water man we ain't even better huh? on the game Huh? That's just a, that's just a bet. What do you mean? Anytime no, you want to play in that was not never established. So huh?
2: what? I would have hey, sent man. you your tropical sprite. Why are you looking like that? I would have sent you your tropical sprite
3: if you guys no, were you me. would. No, I ain't know nothing. I ain't even know nothing about this game. I, I wouldn't you. have said if, if you would have said we want. I would have said, oh man, congratulations on another another dub with this. I wouldn't have expected no
2: no sprite from you. Hmm. I don't like that. I think you should give me boss water.
3: I mean, yeah. if we're going to do that, let's. we need to make that a standard now. If if we're saying every time our team match up, it's a Sprite and Boss bet. We never said that.
2: Did you ever pay me for Florida State beating you? Come on, man. I'm just asking my bet. I'm sorry. You know, I've been, <laughs> I've been concussed.
3: I'm just. First sorry. of all, I won the last bet, and you sent me my Tropical Sprites.
2: I sent you your cases. Yes. I sent you your cases.
3: So that's not uh, you. You only as good as your last battle, my guy. And I'm that's up, what they
2: right? say. You only good as your last fight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to call. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm. A, as oh, Ray said man. on Friday, up I'm gonna tuck my
3: chain. In. I'm gonna tuck my chain in. Your sugar level <laughs> looking seem a little high. A one C, man. Calm down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, so let's get back to Vikings defense, right? For a good chunk of the season, you guys have been really good at the bend but don't break mentality but as of late we've seen some breaks recently what has contributed to some of those issues and what needs to be done to fix those issues
3: Uh man just trying to figure out a way new routes to get to the quarterback uh-huh like i said last week team's doing a really really good job of you know trying to neutralize our pass rush you know, um, especially when we rely on our pass rush and our coverage to marry um, with each other. You know, so I think just finding new ways on on how to attack the passer. You know, to to to, to make the uh, the pocket a little bit more cloudier than it has been. Um, and and like I said, marrying you know that that rush and coverage together and being on the same page is the biggest thing. Communicating, you know, making sure. That especially on the back end, guys are on the same place because we can't have, you know, one guy thinking one thing and the other three guys are playing something else. No question. That's always a recipe for disaster. You know, so just con- continuing to harp on the little things, harp on the details, and um, you know, finding ways to, you know, maximize, you know, your complete focus, you know, for 60 minutes throughout a game.
2: And and talking about focus and playing for 60 minutes, some recent stats in regards to some of the issues that we're seeing from the defense Vikings are lasting yards allowed as a defense at 24th and points allowed 400 plus total yards allowed in five straight games longest NFL streak this season 300 plus passing yards allowed in five straight games one shy of matching longest streak in the NFL as well which is they're not good streaks to be a part of you're still winning ball games but you have to show sure up on the little things as you mentioned one thing that I'm seeing from afar big splash plays and what I call splash plays Plays are 20 yards or longer. That's considered a splash. Seeing that surface, and I think you talked about communicating. That could be a big issue in regards to where we're seeing some splash-like plays in the secondary where guys are not close to the pass catcher in regards to coverage. I know what we used to do in Pittsburgh when we used to have bad games, everybody be ready to jump off the train because they think we're sad and everything like that. The week of practice, man, it, it, you couldn't hear anything outside of us talking to each other by playing, you know, curl flat. I got the flats, we communicated. If I got number two, I got number three, everybody would be communicating because we felt like sometimes during ball games, and it's hard to kind of communicate because it's already so loud, but sometimes we felt like we were sitting in the library. It was too quiet. Right. Ain't nobody talking. You know, that's another form of getting yourself ready as well. When you're talking, when you already involved, involved verbally, then of course, your body will follow that same tone. So just communicate. And the, the thing was, though, Pat P, you guys, the bend but don't break mentality was definitely intact against the Jets because they did some damage in between the 20s. But anytime they got in the red zone, you guys buckled down. Right. You no, know, we didn't see the same red zone defensive efficiency against the Detroit Lions. But one thing about good teams, you guys have found ways to bounce back after showcasing a bad performance. So let's see what you have in store this week against the Jets. I'm sorry, the Colts. One huge play that was basically the say all be all in the Detroit Lions matchup was a great call by the way with Detroit. But what did you see on the Peinate swell play that the rest of the team wasn't able to catch on, which was a tackle eligible play yeah, the they, they
3: actually the ran that play early in the game, and they pat, they handed it off to Swift, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Oh, really? So that was the yeah. second time they ran that play.
3: Yeah, so they set that play up really well. A great play call, you know, completely off guard. Wouldn't wouldn't have expected that any day of the week, mm. you know, especially in that in, in in that situation, third and seven, you know two something, you know, two minutes or something uh, odd seconds left on the clock, and yeah. you're throwing it to an offensive lineman, <laughs> you know lineman. what I mean? So, yeah. um, especially how they dressed it up and, and sent them on a jet motion, like no one's thinking that you know, a lineman is going out for a, play, a pass or out to the flat, you know, you typically think of those, you know, those type of plays down in the And, morning,
2: and so. basically one of their best linemen, so you talk right. about that jet motion, you're thinking maybe they're going to run it right, right behind yeah. them, he could be the yeah. lead blocker, yeah. So everything about that play as they as a setup was definitely as you as you mentioned on point.
3: Yeah, it was a great setup, and they got us. They got us for sure on our heels. And great play call by Detroit and Dan Campbell and his staff.
2: Yeah. And you one thing I, you know, you talk about all the time is you know, finishing in the game right before half on a good note. You always talk about scoring before halftime, right? But unfortunately, you had a fumble uh, down near the goal line. How challenging was that? How challenging was that moment for you guys right before halftime when you had an opportunity to put points on the scoreboard?
3: You know, that was big. You know, you always want to try to find a way to get points or take away points from the opposing team in those situations. Um, I didn't even see what happened. I was mm-hmm. honestly going over my two-minute card because, you know, obviously we're in field goal range, or scoring range. I think it was like a a goal down, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember how close we were. Mm-hmm. And... I'm looking at my two-minute cars, you know, going over the routes that we can expect for Detroit, you know, to run on us because it was right before we were, uh, it wasn't two-minute warning yet, so we knew these guys were going to be aggressive. And I just hit a crowd go crazy. And next thing you know, I hear is this defense, defense up, defense. I'm like, oh, what happened? What the heck happened? And next thing you know, um, you see the replay, Dalvin ended up fumbling mm-hmm. uh football. Um, good news is we didn't end up giving them, you know, they missed the field goal before halftime, so – yep. They didn't end up getting points. So a um, sudden change on the defensive side of the ball. Uh one for the good guys, but unfortunately, we still didn't do enough, you know, to win yeah. that game.
2: Where do the Lions deserve the most credit for their play on Sunday and their inspired play as of late?
3: Man, you know, the, the Lions always play tough. They always play gritty, they always play to the to the whistle, you know, they just for some reason, used to always just find ways to beat themselves, you know, mm. and now, you know, them, those guys are feeling uh, very confident about themselves, very confident about the scheme that, you know, Dan Campbell and uh, uh, Aaron Glenn has in place on the offensive, defensive side of the ball. And um, and it just seemed like they got the right nucleus now, you know, as far mm. as with the young players, old guy, uh, older guys, um, a quarterback that, that they can trust, you know, throwing the ball in any situation. Um, A nice running game, a defense that's getting better week in and week out. You know, so they got a nice recipe for success. You know, they just have to continue relying on one another and just see where it takes them. But, you know, you can just tell that they got something going over there for sure.
2: No doubt, no doubt. And they play you guys first the first time. So, of course, they wanted to try to get some get back, and they were able to do so. A non-Lions note, Adam Thielen was named the Vikings Man of the Year. He was named the Vikings
3: Man of the Year candidate Uh, What does he mean, you know, to the organization? Adam means the world to the organization, not only to the organization, but to to the community, being a local, you know, from here, you know, pretty much going, coming up, you know, through the roots, you know, with the, you know, not only with the Minnesota, you know, Vikings uh, organization, but like I said, through the communities, um, throughout the churches, you know, Mm. Uh, just so many people that he's been able to touch, you know, over here, over the years, being a professional, you know, just the grit that he show and has, um, you know, it just, it just, it just, it just gives so many young, not only undrafted players, but guys who feel like they are you no know, less fortunate than the, than the next guy as far as a talent standpoint, you know, he give those guys that hope he give those guys that, that 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 fight. And, you know, and it's very, very um amazing to see, you know, he he he's getting this recognition because, you know, obviously being a uh a fourth you know of his, you know, throughout the years and now being a teammate, mm-hmm. being able to see how he move up and close um is really remarkable, man. And so uh congratulations to Adam on uh being the the Minnesota Vikings candidate um as a 2022 multi Payton man of the year you know, go out and vote. I don't know. I don't know how it, how it works. I don't know if there's a committee that vote or whatever, but um, he's a guy that definitely is a uh, well-deserved.
2: No question. Shouts out to Adam. Again, making that, making that list being the Viking man of the year as, 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 as Pat P just mentioned, well-deserved, well-deserved. Well got to take care of some bills, but when we come back, it's time to tap into what's next for the Minnesota Vikings, the Indianapolis Colts come to town. Stay tuned.
0: Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Next ball game for Pat P and the Minnesota Vikings, the Indiana, Indianapolis Colts coming to town. This game was moved to Saturday, meaning your next two matchups, Pat P, I don't know if you know this, if you're aware, they will be played on Saturday. Do you like playing a day early compared to
3: playing on Sunday, especially towards the latter part of the season? I think this might be my first time playing on well. I think we play, I played a playoff a playoff game, Green Bay in 2015, on a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, I think you played Arizona and Carolina. That playoff game, I think, was on a Saturday, too. Right, that was Sunday. That was Sunday? Yeah, that was championship Sunday. I remember that one. Okay. Yeah, they, uh, both games on Sundays. Championship games are always on Sundays. Yeah, championship games are always on Sundays. Yeah, that was a, that the NFC championship game. Oh, that was what? That's yeah. the year Carolina won the Super Bowl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. We had the last game because uh, Patriots... In Denver, played early game in Denver. Showing sure enough. yeah, you showing sure up right. Yeah, but um, this is my first time playing on a Saturday regular season, so this is a a first for me. So I'm, mm. I'm actually pretty excited about it because you know um, it's a lot of first for me this season. You know, Thanksgiving, first time playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, you know, first time playing on back back Saturdays. Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I think I have played on Christmas Eve before, so. Uh, this season is pretty uh memorable for me. So um I don't mind playing on Saturday, you know, have an opportunity to kick back and watch some games on Sundays. You know, I love to watch, mm-hmm. you know, whoever we're going to be playing, you know, the, the 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 next week or like to hear, you know, whatever the commentators are saying about, you know, maybe some of the things they they may say it in they uh in their um uh production meeting, you know, so just always trying to find a way to get a get ahead of the curve. Yeah, before the game so yeah for the most part I'll just be sitting around you know watching football no doubt no doubt and the quarterback you're going against Matt Ryan who you've faced quite a few
2: times when he was thrown to Julio Jones in Atlanta Falcons uniform Uh, but what's the difference in this Matt Ryan that you're seeing in a Colts uniform when you talk about being a bit older and not being as precise and accurate that we've seen throughout his tenure
3: when he was in Atlanta Oh, i will probably just say the biggest thing is just, you know, because, you know, he's a pocket quarterback, you know, so mm-hmm. I just think, like, how funky uh, defenses are now or, you know, and how fast defenses are now is uh, really catching up, you know, especially with the pocket quarterbacks. You know, guys are just so much more athletic than what they were, you know, 10 years ago collectively. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always maybe one or two guys that show – you know, crazy athletic ability on the defensive line. But, hell, it's three, four, five of them now, you know. So not being able to manipulate Pocket, you know, that uh, as he was, you know, back in his day. And I think, you know, obviously with age, it happens, you know, with all of us, just his arm, the pop off the – throwing the ball is not there, you know, anymore. But he still can make, you know, the throws that he need to make, you know, to move the ball down the field. And that's just what great, you know – great guys, great players, do they find a way, you know, to utilize the strengths that they have, you know, present, you know, to try to keep them alive. So uh, we understand Matt is a a savvy vet. We understand that he's seen a lot of coverages, you know, uh, throughout his time, you know, playing, you know, taking snaps from center. center. So uh, we understand that, you know, he's going to give us his best shot, you know, so we have to make it, you know, as cloudy as we can, you know, at the uh, in the pocket to try to force him to make as many, you know, errors as he, uh, on the back end.
2: Yeah. And talking about the back
3: end, of course,
2: if Matt Ryan has time, he's going to throw it. Right. What are you learning about the wide receiver group? He has the luxury of throwing passes to particularly um, Michael Pittman, Jr., who is their number one guy.
3: Yeah, we uh, we know Michael, you know, is their number one threat. You know, he he's a guy who who Matt definitely trusts. You know, but we also know that these guys have some very, very uh some nice speed on the out on the outside with um uh, what is it, name, Alec. This is yep. name? Pierce. Pierce Cincinnati, yeah. big body guy, Yeah, ball big type body guy. guy. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, that's that's always you know, that they're looking, you know, to try to take the top off the uh off the defense. So we gotta understand where he is. Um uh, for sure. Then you got um uh, Campbell, yep, yeah, Paris Ohio Campbell, who's, uh, yeah, Ohio State, who's a guy who's you know trying to continue to find his way, a uh, very elusive slot receiver, um, that got great straight line speed as well. Um, you, you know, just, just for the most part, you have to understand where he is, mm-hmm. pretty much tell you what route he's going to run, you know. So, these guys have some weapons in the back. Oh, my goodness. Jonathan Taylor. We're talking about a bat that don't want to be tackled. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. No question. He runs angry, you know, so we have to make sure that we understand where he is as well, because a lot of their offenses ran, you know, through him, you mm-hmm. know, physically ran through him, so, you know, so um, all 11 guys going to have to bring their big boy pats and um, be ready um, to, to put a body on somebody uh, come Saturday, because now with Jeff Saturday leading the guys, um, this is a very, very run first team that want to oppose their will on the football game, uh, if they could. What's the biggest thing you would like to see the defense get right on a
2: Saturday against the Colts? The biggest thing from the defense. You know, now you the to
3: playoff, yeah, now the playoffs is about to start. Build that killer instinct, you know, continuing to 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 build that razor sharp communication. Um that's just the biggest thing for me those two things you know because we play with a ton of energy every week um you know we're going to play to the end you know guys come out with with great passion uh great fire now we just have to find a way to execute at a high level for 60 minutes and um yeah and everything else will take care of itself one bright spot
2: in regards to this ball game you get chance to see a guy who you, you've you admired throughout his career, you and Stephon Gilmore. Oh, giddy. Yeah, no question. And get this, I don't know if you, you were aware of this, Pat P., but you and Stefan Gilmore are the only cornerbacks ranked in PFF's top 10 that are in their 30s. What Uh-oh. have you admired about his career? Yes, PFF, giving you some tribute. They've been giving you some tribute the entire year. You two guys <laughs> are only two corners in your 30s that are in the top 10.
3: Man, that's big, man. Um, man, that's crazy, man. Old Giddy just texted me, "What today is? Tuesday." So yesterday, yeah, we're gonna do old Jersey swap, man. So okay, so you already got that yeah, lined up? Yeah, we already got that lined up, man. Like I said, you, well, you already know how, you know how I'm a, a huge fan of his over the years. What he was able to do in, in Buffalo, then taking his talents in to New England, the short stint in uh, Carolina, mm-hmm. and now just continuing to 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 leave his stamp um there in uh in Indianapolis. So um guy that plays with great technique, great poise, um, a great, you know, tenacity week in a week out. He's a guy that's gonna take your best guy out of the game. Um just very sound, technical, uh technique wise. Um yeah, man, just he's he's a guy that I just love to watch. You know, you don't don't make many, many mistakes, you know, in his movements, not many false steps, you know, very Always with his eyes, you know, very patient plays through the receiver, you know, when he has to, you know, just very, very instinctive. And it's not many guys, you know, like that, you know, in the league, you know, you you see a handful of them, but it's not many of them. He's, he's one of those guys, uh, He's a guy that's definitely on that list. I can tell you this
2: much. I hope he's following Justin Jefferson because that's going to be a game within the game. You yep. know, talking about Stefan Gilmore still playing a high level. And we all know how high uh Justin Jefferson is playing right now. So that would be who a game within the game. So let's see if they feel like Stephon Gilmore should follow Justin Jefferson. Now it's B prediction time. Last week, Eric, what did I have last week for the prediction? Did I that was did I give a
3: prediction? I don't think you gave a prediction last week. I
2: didn't give it. That's what happened. Yeah. Dang it. That's what
3: happened. I didn't give a prediction and y'all lose.
2: Y'all lose. It's my fault. I'm sorry, Scold Nation. I'll take the blame for this one. I did not give a prediction for the Detroit Lions game and you guys lose. I'll take it. Don't blame Pat P. Blame me, Scold Nation. Don't blame the Vikings. Blame me. But guess what? what won't happen this week. My prediction. I got it ready, locked and loaded. 23-13, Vikings win. Surrendering one touchdown, all field goals. And you're gonna get a few sacks on Matt Ryan this week. Oh, yeah. We need you. Sacks are coming. I just need you to bring me the football. So hopefully, Matt catching. Ryan, Matt Ryan gonna try you with one of those 50-50 balls, too. It might be on the the rookie Pierce. He might try you. So I just need you to bring the football to me. That's it.
3: Ain't no Mike. he gonna try me.
2: He's going to try. He's going to throw it. They're going to they gonna throw it. That's one. Yeah. When you talk about one thing you got to understand, listeners and viewers, when you see quarterbacks that don't really trust their offensive line, they will throw it deep just to get it out of there. No question. Just to get it out of there. And with that being said, this offensive line has been atrocious to say the least, <laughs> the entire year. So yes, Pat P, they're going to throw it. They're going to throw it. They're going to try it. He He's going to try it. Yeah. That's my prediction. 23-13. Vikings win, and once again, I apologize, Skull Nation. I didn't give you guys a prediction for the Detroit Lions, and they lost. It's on me. I'm bouncing back this week. 23-13, Vikings win. Let's go.
4: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
2: before we let you go, Pat P, of course, you know what we got to do. We got to tap into news throughout the NFL, college football, the whole nine. Deion Sanders hired at the University of Colorado. There's been a lot of back and forths going on with people's personal opinion in regards to what he did, leaving Jackson State, going to Colorado. I know you heard a little bit about the story. What are your thoughts on hearing Dion signing with Colorado and leaving Jackson State?
3: Um, it's an upgrade, you know, like he talked about in his, I think in his interview, you know, when you're in this profession, you either Either get
2: elevated or terminated.
3: No doubt about it. And if that was his, you know, his goal and his, you know, his aspirations to get a power five job and not be, you know, at the HBCU and and, and, and a great job came available. At the end of the day, look at it this way. Well. Prime did everything that he said that he was going to do for Jackson State and the HBCU, which was what? Mm-hmm. Bring awareness. Give the ability for these kids to to, to experience what these Power Five, you know, uh, athletic programs are experienced, change their whole athletic department. These kids are traveling. Was traveling on American Airlines instead of busing, you know, to you know, to and from games, Under Armour was sponsored them, brought a great deal of awareness, not only to Jackson State, but to HBCU. HBCU. Don't forget he was college making and He
2: gave half of that back, if not mistaken, to uh JSU as well.
3: Yeah, then college game day on an HBCU campus. What? Yeah, that ain't happening. So what he was able to do in such a short amount of time is remarkable because so many guys have came there and had those same goals and aspirations to bring awareness to HBCU, have guys get drafted, force the league or whoever that he did to, to, to make a comeback for these kids so these kids can be seen because it's just as much talent at an HBCU, HBCU campus than it is at a, at a Power Five. Mm-hmm. And a job came available that he wanted to move on to. Why would people hate him for doing that?
2: I think a lot of people feel some type of way based on what he was saying when he first got there, you know, sparking change. And and like you said, the things that he was able to do in three years was significant. But I guess people felt like more change could have been accomplished if you stick it out. Then Some people feel like he should have stick it out stuck it out for at least one full recruiting cycle, meaning go through four years with a class that you brought in. Mm. My only concern with this is when you talk about the things that Dion was able to do at Jackson state, well-documented game changing, not just for the football program, but for the entire HBCU, you know, nation in regards to all their schools. Um, and you talk about getting prominent high school prospects to say no to power five schools to come to an HBCU school is something that, we haven't seen. You know what I mean? But throughout that recruiting process when he was recruiting some of these transfers, when he was recruiting some of these high school prospects and their parents or their guardians or whoever it was that's, that was helping them make that decision, did he make it clear that if an opportunity was the surface he probably would entertain that opportunity?
3: I'm sure no idea. I'm sure he did.
2: Cuz I can tell you from a personal experience, one of the main reasons why I didn't go to Miami Which Davis was the head coach at Miami at that time. He came into my house for a home visit, and at that time he started to really re-energize the program down in Coral Gables. And I asked Coach Davis, I said, Coach, if I sign with Miami, will you be there with me while I'm there as a student athlete for the Hurricanes? He said, Yes. I ain't believe him Mm though. I felt like, man, this man get an opportunity to go to the NFL, he's gonna jump ship. He's gonna go. So, of course, I ended up going to Florida State because I knew Bobby wasn't going nowhere. He turned down opportunities to leave Florida State. He was going to be there throughout throughout it all. And, you know, coaching change can be dramatic depending on who leaves and who comes in. So that is my only concern, something that I don't know personally. When you're talking to some of these kids that passed on Power 5 schools, when you're talking to some of these kids that were transferring from Power 5 schools to come to Jackson State, when you're talking to some of these prospects – that came to your program fresh out of high school, Did was it, and I'm pretty sure these questions probably were asked, you know what I mean? From either the player or the parents. Did you say, nah, I'm gonna be here with you? Or did you say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it real with you. I, enter, I will entertain it if it makes sense. If it makes sense, uh, I will entertain those said opportunities.
3: And like I said, no improm- I'm, if that question was asked, I'm almost positive, a thousand percent sure. He kept it real and left yeah. it on the table.
2: Yeah. I mean, now you got to look at, I guess, what happens now to a lot of the kids that only went to Jackson State mostly because of prime. No. You know what I mean? What happens to that group of kids that, yo know, I could have went X, Y, and Z, but I came here because you were here. Now, no. will they follow him or will they stick it out of Jackson State? Will they go elsewhere? We have to wait and see. But that, that's my only concern in regards to Prime leaving. Was it known? Was he transparent in some of the recruiting dialogue going back and forth with so many players that he was able to get to Jackson State? Like, yo, I'm not going to lie. If I get an opportunity to go to a major school, I'm probably going to jump ship. Then also, too, you got to look at like this, Pat P. That was one of the bigger things he was emphasizing. You don't have to go to a power five school to be able to accomplish opportunities to get to the National Football League. Right. Like if you're telling a kid to not go to a power five school and they don't have to go. Then you go to a power five. You know, some people are looking at that a little sideways as well. So. Yeah.
3: But at the same time, if you look at his whole message, right, his whole message is to provoke change. Right. And how are you going to provoke change by being Providing a coaching staff, providing a coaching tree, like most of these other good head coaches do, and provide and start providing, getting these guys job opportunities at these power five, getting these mm-hmm. guys in bigger positions. Because I think that's what the end goal is, just not to be, you know, in control of no HBCU. Yeah, that's all fine and Danny. But guess where all the big money is made at? What well, guess where? You get more notoriety at on a yeah. Power Five scale, and Mike I think by state, him taking this job is, I think he's taking this to now put to b- try to build his own coaching tree in the Power Five to get more of us in the coaching uh, the the coaching pot because that's all it is. Coaching is just a big ass pot to where if you if you coach before. And somebody knew you and he got a co- another uh, a coaching job, or they just going to go to that pot. Mm-hmm. So now Dion is trying to create a pot for his own, which why could you be upset at that if he's trying to still put guys in position to be in powerful positions? Yeah.
2: I mean, that, and I agree with you. I think it's always going to be the question of you basically did what you were telling some of the prospects to not do you know what i mean like don't go here come here because everything that you can accomplish there we can do here but then you leave now granted as you mentioned it could be it's a bigger pot to be stirred when it comes to opportunities and helping other people out which he will do but that i think is one of the bigger questions in, in 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 regards to people who feel some type of way with him leaving jackson state it's like, well, dang your whole recruiting pitch was don't go to the Miamis of the world or the LSUs of the world. Come here. We can do the same thing with minimal resources. At
3: that time, what he was doing, why he was selling that pitch was to bring the awareness to the HBCUs. And that was the only way that he was going to do it to, to get the kids from going to, from a power five. And I'm sure, like I said, as knowing as blunt and straightforward as Dion is, I'm almost positive. He told his team, just like when he broke the news, it wasn't like, oh, they ain't hear it from, they ain't see it breaking news somewhere. He came and told his players before it even broke. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he even told his guys, you know, lead into the whole process. Hey, Like he, I'm sure he told Jackson State, hey, because they had to give him permission to talk to other people. So it's not like they, it, it caught them off surprise. I'm sure they knew going into this, if Dion gets a bigger opportunity, we know he's going to take it. Hmm. Or you think Jackson stays like, man, we're so appreciative of what he was able to do in this short amount of time. They got nothing bad to say about them. It's not like he just up and left them. I'm sure he told them people of a bigger job. I'm coming here to put y'all on, right? Mm-hmm. Bigger opportunity come available for me. And I did everything I told y'all I was going to come here to do. The rest going to be on y'all. He wasn't no going there looking to look retire, be there for 10, 20 years. He was going in to bring to start something great, pass it on to somebody, move on to a bigger a bigger platform to pick, put to put more of us on because that is the downfall right now. We don't. You have talked about us in position to put other of us in that position as and well. And you
2: talked about something. You said something real key right there, passing it along to the next person. So let right. me ask you this question: How can HBCUs? remain as relevant as, as they've been since, when, while Deion was at Jackson State knowing that he's no longer there what could be done to keep that sense of
3: being relevant I feel like they have two great heads not I don't, I don't know I don't know much about HBCUs but I know there's Eddie George I know there's uh, Hugh Jackson Hugh Jackson guys who yeah. have great NFL experience I'm sure that they're going to not necessarily take the blueprint, but they still have guys there that was in the cycle, you know, why while, while Dion was there. So he saw the culture that he was able to build. So now they may be able to take pages out of his book or seeing, oh, this is how he was able to recruit guys, maybe stepping up their social media. I think that was huge for Dion in the HPCUs, being different from you know the other ones by having social media, having you know, guys being uh filmed in the locker room, giving the fans a more inside perspective. He just gave those guys the blueprint on how to take it to the next level. Now it's on them to to study that blueprint because this blueprint was very successful. And now you got two guys who played who coached in the league. Eddie Joe, Eddie Joe, uh, uh George, who played in the league, a, a great, you know, uh NFL great. Now he can continue to elevate it, and now when I say pass it on, now other former uh, ball players who gonna want to uh, who gonna want to coach after they're done. Now the door is wide open now, so yeah. now you get more of those guys in there to continue to bring change, continue to bring awareness, and to keep, and continue to blow it up. That's what I mean by passing it on. That's what I mean by Dion started something that he said he was going to start. Now it's up to these these other guys who, who's now going to come behind him to follow that blueprint and make it to their own.
2: And I think it's up to the powers that be that have a lot of say-so in regards to HBCUs, reaching out to people in regards to media outlets, trying right. to find a way to get your product on a bigger stage for and us to see. that's what
3: Prime did. He and, built and, relationships.
2: Like the Orange Blossom classic with Jackson State and fam you right the first Labor Day Sunday uh uh in September. That's a national game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen some other classics uh that are seen on a national stage. Reaching out to these media outlets to be able to be able to show your product on a bigger stage. You know what I mean? Maybe it should be a a, a priority for you know game day to go to one HBCU game once oh, yeah. a year where, where yeah. they're there. Like, that, that's a written rule. You know what I mean? Make that a priority to be able to assist uh what they're doing at HBCU is to bring more light, bring more attention to the entire program there, the entire establishment. So maybe what Dion built in regards to the foundation that he laid now, hopefully they have people in place that can can, can build on that foundation, you know, have a stable structure in place that can be there for years to come. Because he did he, he in his three years there, he's done more than any other coach as of late right. that has been able to do. And because and- of who he is, his image, his persona, his, his ability to, you know, be the ultimate car salesman, speak extremely well in what he wants to have happen and have he has the backing and the resources, that's what a lot of coaches in the HBCU don't have. So for the right. ones that don't have that persona like Dion, what can they do? They're going to need help in getting things done. And that's why I think the powers that be got to step in.
3: Right. And what I think what needs to happen as well is trying to find a way, because we know, obviously, the HBCUs, they have like booster clubs. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, because Ryan was telling me this, I think they have booster clubs, but obviously they don't carry the same weight, you know, as a, you know, LSU or Florida State or, you know, another Alabama, you you know, the list goes on. But find a way for, I don't know how we can do this, but the NFL, because they obviously donate to so many communities and, you know, so many different, um, you know, causes, find a way to build like an HBCU pot or HBCU bowl and be able to dispute, you know, money,
2: heck, you Use some of that fine money, that fine I, pot.
3: Yeah, that too. Use <laughs> some of the fine <laughs> we, money.
2: We never, we good. never, we 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 think about all the times players have been fined. We don't know what
3: they do with the money. Right, because think about it, going by the, going by uh, going going to another sport, golf. You know, I love golf, mm-hmm. and it's a ton of HBCUs out there that have great golf players, but they don't have the same the the same facilities mm. that you know, some of these power five, you know, colleges may have, they don't have the same visibility mm. that some of these power five, you know, colleges may have. So find a way to just to bring awareness on just HBCU sports in general. Um, I think, you know, is, uh, is, is still, you know, the fight, you know, just not only in football, just to HBCU in general, you know, so, Um, I, you know, I appreciate what Dion has started now. It's just going to be up to us, you know, to continue to keep the name alive, to continue to keep the culture alive and continue to try to build it, continue to build it, you know, as big, as big as it can be.
2: No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Let's see exactly what happens in regards to HBCU moving forward. And let's see what happens with The success of Dion being at the University of Colorado. You know, he's already doing some major things in recruiting. Of course, that's no surprise. Let's see exactly what happens when he finishes this recruiting class and of course get ready for football season next year in 2023. Well, Pat P, outstanding conversations for you guys that are listening to us. We appreciate you on any podcast platform you know you're hearing us on and when it comes to our youtube watches as well make sure you hit us with some comments in our comment section oftentimes we love to read them out and have back and forth with, the, with you guys as well so pat p next up the indianapolis colts saturday minnesota saturday football man he takes you back to your college days lsu and you know you put on for the city many of saturdays when you were rock, rocking that purple and gold same colors same date, different team, so you know what time it is. Last time you played on a Saturday, you remember that? Who was your last Saturday game, regular season
3: game? My last regular, se- regular season, my last Saturday, well, regular season was against Ole Miss. I got a pick. That's the last Saturday against Ole Miss. Last Saturday, it was a high scoring game, too. I think it was like, man, it was like 50 something to 40 something. Uh, uh-huh. we had, we got, they had the court, that was the year they uh got the transfer. From uh Oregon. I can't remember his name, but he was a big time quarterback for Oregon at the time. Uh I, I know, I know who that. you're talking about, too. Yeah, oh, but he oh, ended man. up uh transferring to those uh to Ole Miss that year. And we Oh him. man, what's his name, man? Uh
2: Mosley? Uh no.
3: <sighs> it was a slug, but hold on, let me let me look it up real quick.
2: Man, I got
3: his last name. He got won number eight. eight? Yep, give me a second. Moselli, that's who it was. Moselli, yep,
2: That's who it was. I, yep. I was close.
3: Jeremiah. Sure I knew it
2: was the elf, yeah, war number eight, Moselli.
3: Yes, yeah. yeah, that's so, yeah, who it was. Uh, it was a slug fest. it was a, it was, oh, it was 30, 47, 36. I thought it was higher than that, but that's still yeah. a high scoring game. Mosley, I was almost there. For all you yeah, listeners and the game thank y'all,
2: who think y'all know more than me, Y'all can challenge me anytime when it comes to players, cause ain't too many players I don't remember. I can't call out. I almost got Mosley. <laughs> I was almost I said Maselli, but I remember War Number yeah. Eight. War Number yeah. Eight. Mm-hmm. That's who it was. That's who it was. Uh, you guys actually played Arkansas
3: the week after, so you played Arkansas after Ole Miss. So Arkansas was your last game. Oh, okay. You know, you, yeah. So Arkansas was the last. Oh man, you dang sure right, man. I'll never forget, man. We gave up a dang on. Was in cover two. Uh, I think it was Mo and Carnell Hatcher, man. And they threw a uh they threw it right up the scene right before halftime. And I think they that, that put them up seven, and we never could really catch momentum. In that in that same game, it's crazy how we can remember these football plays. I'm back going for a punt. The dang on football hits the uh the cam. The cam sky cam. Uh, the sky cam? Man wow. hit the sky cam. Man, the, the, the it didn't hit the cam. Hit the, the 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 rope, the cord. Yeah, the cord. Uh huh. And they didn't they didn't re kick the ball, man. It should, that should have been a a, a dang on interference. Yeah. Or Ryan Mallett was the
2: quarterback because it hit Arkansas.
3: the uh it hit the thing and then it hit one of our players and they recovered the ball back. Mm-hmm. And we was like, man, that's a, that's a kick interference, man. That should that should, that like, should be oh, a re kick. Yes, bro. And they did not end up re kicking. Yeah, Ryan Ryan was a quarterback. Ryan Mallett. Yeah, that, was, that was a good game, too. But we uh-huh. win that game. I think we play in a Sugar Bowl because we only lost one game up until that point. And that was in, against Auburn, against Cam Newton. Team. And you lost that game so y'all go to the Citrus Bowl, right? Yeah, we lost that game, go to the Citrus Bowl and play. No, we went to the Cotton Bowl. Cotton we Bowl. Texas A&M. Yeah, and that
2: was before Ryan Tannehill. Was the, That was before Ryan, <laughs> That was before A&M was in the SEC. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill was in so the last Bowl. Your last game was in the Cotton Bowl.
3: Yep, that was like a Monday, I think, uh-huh. Monday or yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't a weekend. I know that for sure. In Dallas no Cowboys Stadium, AT and T, AT and T, Friday. That was a Friday game, Friday night. Yes, sir. Well, Saturday night football.
2: Go get you one, Pat P.
3: Yes, sir. Go get you one. Hey, man Get the eleven and three. Hey, man, my jaw starting to shape. Hey, man, my hey, hey, Matt. Watch out I now.
2: Hey, remember Leroy Butler, Leroy said, how this man got dreads and he just had a fade.
3: <laughs> Leroy, hey, my, Real. This all P2 there. This ain't no, no extensions here, Cat.
2: No question. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Pat. Go ahead and get you. All one, right, baby. And I will have the football for you guys. Well, it depends on how fast he can get it to me. For our next episode, I have the football here signed from P2. So, interception. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. There we have it.